The purpose of this podcast is solely for patient education. It is not intended to evaluate, diagnose, treat, or cure disease. Views expressed are those of the podcasters and not their affiliate. Any medical questions or concerns should be addressed by the listener's physician or care provider. Listening to this podcast does not constitute a patient-physician relationship between the listener and the podcaster. We do hope the podcast can help enhance the listener's own medical experience. Welcome back to Everything Your Doc Wants You to Know and Doesn't Have Time to Tell You. of this podcast is to educate and inform about health matters affecting adults. From latest research updates to tips on navigating the healthcare system and everything in between. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Lindsay. Thanks for listening this week. How are you, Lindsay? I'm great. I can't help but laugh a little bit because this is take two for us on this topic. Yes, we have had a day of recording. Um, As any podcasters will probably tell you, they have thought they hit record and recorded an episode or two without actually doing so. So we're having some fun today. (laughs) Right. Yes. Well, how's your day been going, Lindsay? Pretty good until we found out we lost our two episodes. (laughs) Yes. How about your weekend? Yeah, it's been good. It's, you know, full of summer activities. Summer's in full swing. Um, It's makes makes things a little busy, but still good. Yeah. So today's topic is more on diet or nutrition, but with the focus on um, low sodium or salt in the diet. Yeah, and this is important for a number of reasons. Salt, or also known as sodium chloride, present in many foods in the United States. Um, the average United States um, daily intake of sodium is about 3,600 milligrams. The recommended average is 2,300 milligrams per day. And so we are significantly above the recommended average. And that's important because it does have an impact on health. Yeah, so it is a big contributor to high blood pressure, otherwise known as hypertension. And so, you know, many studies have been done, people on multiple medications for high blood pressure to keep it um, low. And there's studies that show if you're eating a high salt content and you cut back even by a third that you can get off some of your medications. So it it affects our blood pressure. What other things? Yeah, so congestive heart failure is another fairly common uh, condition in the elderly that can be affected by salt intake. And what happens in congestive heart failure, there are two different scenarios um, to kind of simplify. One is that the heart isn't pumping as well as it normally does. And the other is that the heart pumps fine, but is a little sluggish to relax after it squeezes. And both of these can lead to fluid buildup in various places like the lungs or the legs. And wherever salt goes, water follows, right? And so if your heart's already a little bit weak or not functioning quite as well and you add the salt and water, then you're really going to get backed up and into trouble. Yeah, and that can even result in hospitalizations if somebody has a big salt intake. For example, we see this commonly after certain holidays, such as Easter, Easter. Thanksgiving. <laughs> People are eating more salty foods, and like that ham. And um, our patients with heart failure will not uncommonly end up in the hospital or the right. ER after that. Which we want to avoid. Uh, also, I had one gentleman, he ate six olives one day and wound up in the hospital the next day because his blood pressure was through the roof. So the smallest things you don't think about having salt can get you. Right. And blood pressure, um, you know, doesn't often cause symptoms of feeling bad unless it gets too high. But there can be situations of um, urgency or emergency associated with high blood pressure where other organs are being damaged because the blood pressure is too high. And so for people who are sensitive to salt, a salt load like six olives can really make a difference. 
And even if you are very healthy, um, you can note that you had a high salt diet just by how your rings are fitting on your fingers or all of us as we get a little bit older have some what we call venous insufficiency or leaky veins in your legs and so you know at the end of the day your legs swell that's going to be worse uh, with a higher salt diet and can be controlled by con- controlling your diet or your salt intake. Right, so sodium does have a significant impact on health and potentially can, um, if it's limited, maybe help somebody get off medication. So how do, we, how do we do a good job monitoring our salt intake? I think you have to read those food labels um, and certainly choose lower sodium per serving size options, right? But where... Where are, where's the salt? Right. So, you know, it tends to be in the packaged and canned foods because we want those, those foods are processed so that they will last a long time and have a good long shelf life. So you're going to do better if you're, you know, for vegetables, for example, you're going to do better if you can buy them fresh or frozen and frozen will last in the freezer for a long time as well and um, be much lower in sodium than the canned um, options. And as always, I think we talk about a lot eating at home, cooking foods from scratch, whole foods from scratch, and that's going to going to help you out. You can at least know how much you're putting in and modify that. You know, if you're somebody who needs a lower sodium diet, then you just modify what you're doing to, to have less salt. So again, the recommended uh, for a normal healthy ad- adult is 2,300 milligrams per day, and that's actually one teaspoon of salt. So not very much. Not a lot. And Lindsay, you were looking up some foods that really um, will add up quickly in terms of their salt content and how much we're getting per day. Right. Um, the National Institute of Health and American um, Heart Association had the salty six, they called it. And the big one, I think that probably trips up a lot of us, that is probably a little bit more known, but certainly cold cuts or cured and processed meats, deli meats, uh, they can have up to a thousand milligrams per serving. That is a lot. So a lot. two slices of deli meat would be your sodium intake for, for the, day. the day, and then you have to avoid salt completely, which is pretty impossible to do. So that is definitely a lot of salt right there. Yeah. So pepperoni, um, salami, salami, yeah. all those things just really high in salt. The other big one is pizza. So the there's salt in the the bread, the crust, and the um, cheese, and so one slice of pizza can be upwards of 760 milligrams of salt. And most of us don't just stick to one slice of pizza either, <laughs> so it's probably going to be a fair amount more than that. Another big one that I think probably gets a lot of us who are are living alone and and trying to eat something easy for one person to make out of convenience would be the canned soups. Right. Yeah. Uh, so big source of sodium there. Yeah, and even the low salt soups are still fairly high in sodium, so it's important to look at those. You know, making soup at home is another option, but even the broth itself, it's the, hard to get away from the, the salt. The stocks yeah. you have to be careful of, right? Yeah. The other not-so-obvious source of high salt content is breads, rolls, um, pastries. Yeah, and that one actually surprises me because, you know, if I'm baking bread at home, I maybe put in a little bit of salt, but it's nothing that I would consider concerning compared to pizza or other prepackaged foods. Right, my we have RN health coaches at work, and mine brought this to my attention. And We were looking at labels of different breads that, that our patients were eating, and she says there's a huge variation, but you can get into a lot of salt. That's really so interesting. So just got to read those labels. Yep, pay attention and pick one, pick a variety that has less. Obviously the old, what's that white? Is it Wonder Bread? 
Oh, that was that crazy white Uh that, I mean, it won't go moldy. Glow in the dark. It won't go moldy forever. I'm sure it's just chock full of salt. It would be interesting to look that up, but I didn't. Anyways, um, oh, another interesting thing I learned when I was looking things up for this topic was that even if you're buying like a breast, chicken breast, um, to prepare yourself that has no flavorings or seasonings, you have to check the label because some of the companies... Um, are injecting salt water to like beef up or plump up the meat and so you got to check the labels of your even just plain chicken breast to see if there's salt content there it's kind of um unfortunate the battle between health and marketing right right? and so we see this battle all the time and of course in a business where you're trying to sell something marketing tends to win over just making something because it's healthy and so that is definitely something to watch for the other what the last one in the salty six would be burritos and tacos. And so this one even talked about how even if you're doing it at home, if you're doing the package taco seasonings, you've got to really look at that package of taco seasoning and probably better off just mixing up your own herbs and and that's probably easy to do too right i would think even there the lower salt variety of the package seasoning is still it's going to be like soup you're still getting a lot of salt that way so definitely something to watch out for and eye-opening to look at these things um so when i was preparing for this talk my son was with me uh, because he's out of school and so we thought it would be fun to look up things we would get out at at restaurant fast food restaurants um and he was really having fun with this so we did one we thought was thought to be more healthful places to eat out like noodles and company quick but maybe more healthful options and if i go there i generally get the penny rosa and we looked it up and this is online from their own website um 440 milligrams of sodium and you said your son likes the mac and cheese there yeah and boy he he thought this was horrible and maybe he'll make a different decision next time the mac and cheese was 1560 milligrams of sodium that doesn't leave much for the rest of the day if that's what you're eating yeah yeah Oh, we looked up Subway because that one's often thought of as maybe a, a smarter choice. And and probably the most healthy choice there would maybe be the six-inch turkey breast sandwich, which had 650 milligrams. So still not low in terms of sodium content. And that was the six-inch, you said, right. sandwich for that. Mm-hmm. And then you looked up the six-inch spicy Italian. Right. That had 1,240 milligrams of sodium. So really when we're looking at trying to be healthy, lowering blood pressure, that's not the choice to make. And that was all that processed, cured meats that are on that Italian. Uh, We looked at Five Guys because we like a good hamburger once in a while from Five Guys. Um, And they'll trick you. You got to be careful there because their hamburger, just listed as hamburger, has two patties but the one with only one patty is called a little hamburger. So the little hamburger with one patty had 430 milligrams. So of not salt. too bad. Not too bad. Right. Yeah. Their cheeseburger that was one patty had 690. But if you added the two patties, it was 1,050. So milligrams. definitely getting to be a lot that way. Cheese adds. That's yes. the other thing I don't know if we talked about is that. Yeah. The salt content in cheese. Right. So I just looked up, you know, we, we do cheese sticks frequently as a snack because it's got protein, protein, not too high in carbs. And sodium in the cheese sticks that we have at our house right now are 170 milligrams per serving per one cheese stick. 
And we like um, lots of cheese at our house as well. And so when we were doing this, my son puts um, Parmesan cheese on a lot of his food. And so we looked that up. And I think ours was maybe 160 milligrams per serving size. And a serving size was a quarter of a cup. Sure. Yeah. And ours, excuse me, was... 260 milligrams of sodium per serving size, and I don't recall what the serving size was, but there can definitely be variety from one brand to right, another. So huge variation. So you can just check and, and choose the one with the lower lower sodium. Before we move on, we'll talk about McDonald's. Now, I on McDonald's, I picked because I don't let my kids get nuggets because I feel like it's too processed. Right, right. And tenders, the chicken tenders, which is true white meat supposedly, had 1,390 so getting milligrams. close to at least more than half a day's value worth of sodium. That's a lot. Yeah. And I think once you start choosing lower sodium options, your taste buds change. And I was reading it probably takes about good six to eight weeks. But once you've cut it out, then when you have a taste of it, you really know when you're getting into that salt. And we don't eat out very often. So I know my husband and I always complain the next morning after we've been at, we ate out at a restaurant um oh man that was loaded with salt you can just feel it in your body yeah so. you're thirstier that evening and the next day mm-hmm. it's hard to get those rings on and absolutely and yeah. you you can even taste it when you're eating it so you're yes. like yeah yes. this is full salt it, yes a lot of times they'll overuse it to try to add flavor you know if you're buying packaged foods they try to make up for the flavor from the frozen packaged meal by adding a lot of salt and sometimes a lot of pepper too and so um, you just have to try to find things that are a little more balanced and I have when I have the salt low salt conversation with people in my office they always say but I don't ever add table salt and looking through all this stuff, that's probably 5% of salt intake is what's added at the table. So, and then some people say, well, I never cook. I never add it when I cook. That's maybe goes up to 11% of the total intake. So this is stuff you're getting that's beyond your control unless you're looking and making better choices. Yeah, it can be challenging. And so I have patients who um, drive overland driving for work. They're truck drivers or, you know, do different jobs like that. And they really struggle with finding foods that aren't so high in sodium. You know, it's really hard when you're stopping at like the quick stops and gas stations to try to find things that are healthy. Um, Any recommendations for that group? Oh, man. You know, that's probably when we get into our worst eating is road trips. Yes. Um, Same for my family. You just have to plan ahead and pack, pack your cooler. I don't know that there's a, a good way about it. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the stops out there are starting to try to have some a few so. healthy choices, some fresh fruit or some packaged carrots or veggie cups and things. So you want to look for those items. But the other things, you know, that we like, there's obviously the chips and the popcorn and that kind of thing. But um, if they're trying to go lower carb, then there's the beef sticks or the cheese, the cheese sticks. Right. And again, those are going to have a lot of salt. of salt. And so that's not going to... Um, help you feel well or lower blood pressure. Um, I think we just, as a culture, hopefully can put pressure on various places and say this is we, we're demanding healthier choices. Healthier choices, yeah. right? In our processed, however we process foods, there's right. got to be a better way. Right. We're so fortunate to live where we do, where food is so easily available. We just have to change what's available so that it's right healthier for us. <music> Reading food labels, um, they often have a percent daily value or percent DV. 
And it's generally thought to be low in sodium if that, that number is 5% or less. And so that means you could have up to 20 servings of that item per day and still be, you know, just get your maximum recommended daily amount of sodium. Obviously, you want to do that with a variety of foods throughout the day. And so you don't want to overdo the salt content in one meal. And I think a good rule of thumb, if it's going to keep in your refrigerator for days to months, then that's a good sign that there's a lot of salt in there. Right. So those, again, those frozen prepackaged meals, canned foods, they're all made to last for a long time, have a long shelf life, and they are very high in salt as a result. Cottage cheese is one too, right. and again, that's it's a, in the cheeses, the cheese. but that one is um, high in salt, so keep an eye on that. Certainly flavoring your foods with lots of other herbs and spices is a good way to not need the salt and get good flavor. So you just have to experiment with those things. And there is um, salt substitutes that are generally uh, potassium containing and that works well. So like Mrs. Dash, I think is is a typical one Um, that helps if you really feel like you need that salt flavor. Right. There are some good options out there, good ways to get flavor without quite so much salt. The other thing I did learn, too, is, you know, some people are trying to say that um, kosher salts or the sea salts are better, and they aren't really. There's not, there might be less salt per teaspoon just because they're bigger chunks, so you're getting less in that teaspoon, but per content, it's about the same sodium. It's all sodium chloride, which has the the same same impact on the body, and so it doesn't matter what form of salt you're using, um, it's salt. So you don't have to get rid of it completely, and there's no way you're going to because it's out there. But I think the the biggest point of today is to just really read those labels and and choose the the lower salt content. Yeah, and maybe over time you'll see improvements in things like blood pressure and fluid retention and um, all those other things that we're trying to limit by reducing sodium. Doctors, we don't want to just give you a medicine to fix your problem. We don't want to throw throw the blood pressure medicine at you when you have high blood pressure, we would be much happier if you could make these changes and that we could take, I mean, I'm doing a little happy dance when I get to take a medication away. So I agree. The biggest wins for me are when I walk into a room and somebody has lost weight and made some positive changes and it makes my day. It really does. I'm, I, don't want to be a pill pusher. And if people are willing and ready to make some positive changes, I'm happy to support them with that. So as always, you know, write us about your um, your ideas for salt substitutes or, or ways that you've eliminated salt in your diet. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We do have a health pearl today, too. Yes. Um, foam rollers. So this last week, for some reason, um, in, in the office, I had... I think every day I was talking about a foam roller. And, and basically, this is a cylinder-shaped, um, hard-surfaced thing that you can buy you know, off the internet, um, at Walmart, anywhere you can get one. It's in the exercise aisle. Um, and it's usually, if you look it up, um, you can find things for myofascial release. And that's just a fancy kind of massage word to say massage. But I've been using it because several people have come in with complaining of hip pain. And when I actually evaluate it, it's not their hip joint, but it's their IT band. And that's a big fibrous band that runs from kind of your hip down to pass below your knee. So often we get pain on that outside part of your leg that radiates from your hip down into your knee. 
And the best thing for that is to roll out that area on a foam roller. Yeah, many people have tight tissue in that area and it can be from exercise, but it can just occur over time too. And so if you can do something to stretch that out, that can really reduce the pain. And other things, if it's hard because you have to kind of get that on the ground or maybe on a bed and maneuver, uh, you know, rolling across it. Um, So another way to do it is um, sticks. I think they're called massage sticks or rolling sticks. Rolling sticks. My my one patient said, oh, I'll just use my rolling pin. And so she's going to go home and use her rolling pin. Really what it's doing is rolling out smaller sections of muscle fibers and getting a good stretch. And it does that on that that tissue too. And so just taking that rolling pin type thing and rolling, rubbing it up and down across your muscles can be really beneficial for lots of ailments in, right. the, in the muscles and tissues. And you want to you wanna use firm pressure to actually have benefit. And that means it's going to hurt while you're doing it. But when you're done, you will notice significant relief too. So Right. It's brought tears to my eyes a couple of times when I've got down to roll out my IT band. Yes. And it's not, like Lindsay said, when you're getting down on the floor trying to use a big foam roller, not always easy to position your IT band over the roller. You can look online for videos or pictures for how to do this. And if it's something that you really struggle with, then just using a hand roller with firm pressure can also work. So yeah, that's our health pearl for today. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you for ideas for future podcasts or feedback from today's episode. You can email us at mail at everythingdoc.com. Please uh, listen and rate us and pass the word on at Apple Podcast or Google Play. And feel free to share it with family and friends. We appreciate getting the word out there. We're trying to build this healthier community and we'd love your support. Uh, Have a great day. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.